Support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Home plays a big role in your life. That's why Quicken Loans created Rocket Mortgage. It lets you apply simply and understand the entire mortgage process fully so you can be confident that you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com fool. It's Wednesday, December 13th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, joining me in studio today for Molly Fool Asset Management, Bill Parker. Happy Wednesday. Thank you. This is one of those days where, you know, every now and then I say, it'd be nice if we had a window. It'd be really nice if we had a window, to, you know, because it's so nice outside. This is not one of those days. No, no. Uh, we went outside to get coffee earlier and you ran across the street as fast as you could, left me. Well, I wasn't wearing a coat because uh, I'm an idiot. So that, that's why I was running across the street. It's 20 degrees and windy. So, so it, it had nothing to do with you personally. It was really just about self preservation. Can't LL Bean outfit you with something for the winter? That, uh, I don't think LL Bean does that. I don't think they. They don't make any winter clothing. No, they make winter clothing. I don't think they. Uh, although they probably do for uh, for like the the Winter Olympics or something like that. I know that uh, someone someone's got some sort of a, an apparel deal with uh, with NBC. Could don't... they sponsor you? Could they be like the official? Uh, Clothing company of the Motley Fool podcast. Absolutely, absolutely, they could if they want to email marketfoolery at fool dot com. If someone in uh, the marketing department, I'm happy to have that conversation. How many people would they have to outfit? Uh, just you, really? Uh, you know, several. Everybody else is just a guest. You and Mac. I think we're all the all the hosts. All the hosts are willing to wear LL Bean at all times while they're podcasting. If LL Bean will just. Show up and, and sponsor you. I think that's true. Although, if I were LL Bean and I were in the marketing department, my my first question would be something along the lines of, "So, let me get this straight. This is an audio podcast, right? It's an audio. People aren't going to be able to necessarily see how the clothing looks in you. It's an audio podcast." And I'd say, "Yeah," and they'd say, "Okay, thanks." And then they then hang you, up. You would describe the clothing and how <laughs> warm and comfortable it was. That that. Might be even more boring than the conversation you and I have been having for the last ninety what seconds. What about all that uh, periscoping that uh, Moser does? Yeah, that was good. That's good. Let's get to the news. Uh, we it's got a slow news day, as as people probably figured out. And yet there is there is still some news. We got we got some retail news, and we've got some um, well more retail news. Uh, <laughs> but uh, let let's start with with Hasbro, which is up four percent this morning. And I'm wondering what the news is here. I'm wondering if just investors, it just dawned on some group of investors that A, Hasbro makes toys, B, Hasbro has licensing deals with Star Wars, and C, the new Star Wars movie comes out this Friday. So you said we have news, and now you're asking me if there is any news. I can't do all the work. No, no, you can't. I think we've proven that. Um, no, there's no news really out there. Speculation, possibly, as you've raised that uh, Star Wars. Uh, it, you know, this was a little little known thing. Um, and, and that Star Disney, Wars comes out yeah, on Friday. It comes out on Friday, and Disney is springing this out, and people, and, and now Hasbro is moving in sympathy with that. Possibly, I think. Uh, Possibly there's some new whispers out there about uh, the proposed merger with Mattel uh, having another life. Mattel has rejected it up to this point, uh, but it would make a lot of sense for Mattel to get out of the way of itself and let Hasbro do the work of uh, 
running their business. So, uh, and also, uh, I don't know, the only thing in the news is that they've got a proposal to move their headquarters to Providence into the, or, or to take out what is currently known as the Superman building in Providence, right. which has been empty for a couple of years now, I think. Historic building in downtown Providence, Rhode Island, uh, it ref- as you said, referred to as the Superman building because it bears some resemblance to, uh, I guess, the Daily Planet, the newspaper that Clark Kent works at, in the television show from the 50s, which which you watched uh, growing up. Um, <laughs> um, but it actually... It, it, it actually does uh, show up as well in the show Family Guy. Uh, I did not know that. Yes, Seth MacFarlane, who Seth MacFarlane is from Connecticut, but went to the Rhode Island School of Design, and uh, Family Guy is set in a fictional town in Rhode Island, and so that's uh, that's one of his homages to his uh, adopted state, I guess. Um, is is Hasbro not already in downtown? I mean, they're based in Rhode Island. They're based in Rhode Island, but I think they're spread out a bit. I think they're in Pawtucket uh, is at least yeah. one of their major, if not main, uh, offices. So this would be a proposal to kind of get all the Rhode Island employees there uh, at at one main headquarters in uh, in Providence. I don't know why they're not doing that right now. I mean, I don't want to be too critical of Hasbro management because certainly if you are a shareholder of Hasbro, you've been rewarded quite nicely over the last decade or so. And yet, we're talking about Rhode Island. This isn't, well, we've got, we're based in California and we've got the Sacramento office and we've got the San Diego. It's Rhode Island. I mean, they could, they could carpet that state if they wanted to. Uh, yeah, they could. Of course, uh, you know we, we're we're not nearly as big as Hasbro, and we've managed to be in more than one office uh, at at numerous times in the history of this company. We're currently in in the one office here, uh, but sometimes you just need to grow. Don't have a long term plan settled on yet, uh, and it looks like they're putting together a long term plan to get everybody in, into the one building if they can pull it off. Hasbro, as you said, has made overtures to Mattel uh, that Mattel has resisted to this point. A year from now, do you think this deal has gone through? Because and and I don't have a dog in this fight, but I, I I'm not really sure if I should be rooting for this merger or not. Uh, presumably, if the price is right, then that works out well for Mattel shareholders. But I don't know. I kind of like that there's the competition out there. And I also like to see new CEOs get a chance to turn a company around, and um, uh, and that's the case at Mattel. I mean, the CEO has been there less than a year, and I feel like she should have a chance to, uh, I don't know, imp- implement her vision for what success looks like at Mattel. Well, so Mattel um, just the other day, day ago, reported that uh, it is anticipating a, a disappointing holiday season. And wow, as one might imagine, the holiday season is kind of kind of important for a toy maker. And Hasbro has made no such uh, announcement. And I, I think that Mattel, this is another in an ongoing series of disappointing announcements from Mattel. And I think when you ask, uh, you know, can I speculate? Will this be done in a year from today? Hasbro's a, a well-run company. They're not going to overpay. Uh, they, they've made a, an offer, and Mattel has rejected it. But if Mattel thinks they're going to get more money, they may be right. But if they think they're going to get more money than they're worth, uh, I think they're wrong. And I think that they're. 
uh, share price, their value as a company has been declining for a while. And maybe their best play is to sell sooner rather than later because they're if if they follow the pattern that they have uh, established over the last few years, they're in the process of of destroying value, not creating it. And in that scenario, you know they're going to get a better price. There, you know, th- this was a sixteen billion dollar company at the end of two thousand thirteen. It's six billion today. So there, there was a time when they were a significantly bigger uh, company than Hasbro, and maybe in their minds they still are. They're a five billion dollar company today by market cap. Uh, Hasbro's ten, um, and and it just may be a, a pride thing. But uh, sooner or later, uh, math wins out. I don't know whether it's going to be the case uh, for Mattel soon, but you know, with share price down. The way it's been, it's been cutting. You know, stock price has been cut in half over the last year. Shares of Casey's General Stores down 11 percent this week. Uh, second quarter earnings that came out yesterday, not great. And one of the advantages that Casey's General Stores have had historically is their prepared food division, because they're not just a, a convenience store and, and a place where you can get gas. They also have prepared food, and reportedly the pizza is very good. I've not yet had it. Because, uh, as I think we've talked about before, the closest Casey's General Store to where you and I are sitting right now is roughly 400 miles away. So that's that's on the bucket. That's bu- a road trip. That's that's on the bucket list for for 2018 and beyond. Uh, but their same store sales on prepared foods uh, only up two percent. Uh, how how much is this company struggling right now? They're not really struggling, but they did underperform. The stock price was down quite a bit yesterday when they reported these numbers. And what one of the numbers that I think surprised the most was regarding the prepared foods. They got off to a good start. They had good August numbers, but by October they were really off by quite a bit. And one wonders in the pizza world. Uh, and this this impacted their margins too, and now they've had to get promotional, uh, as are a number of other pizza makers. And of course, the biggest story in pizza this quarter has been uh, Papa John's. And one wonders whether Casey's also they certainly didn't bring out the NFL as a whipping boy for their poor quarter, uh, the way Papa John's did to their detriment. Uh, but October is when the prepared uh, food. Numbers started really declining, and they sell, I think, fifty to sixty percent of their pizza on the weekends. And okay, there's there's college football, and there's uh, NFL, and there are other sporting events, and there are other things going on the weekend as well. So it's not all one thing, and it numbers didn't fall off a cliff. But I I've got to wonder whether uh, NFL viewership has also impacted to a lesser degree, uh, but in the same category, Casey's. That's possible, although when you look at t- broadcast television and cable television viewership overall, it's down roughly the same amount. So it's not like the drop in NFL ratings is dramatically greater than the drop in all of television. So I, I, I can see where um, where anyone who's tied to the NFL would would see a slight decline in their business. but you know, as we talked about before, the the extent to which, Papa John's was blaming the NFL was just nuts. 
Well, it's just a possibility that this is where Casey's is advertising their pizza and, and that they need to move uh, to a place where there are different eyeballs. Uh, but it, it, on the whole, it wasn't a bad quarter. This is a well-run company. They've got about 2,000 stores. They're going through remodeling, uh, and they've, so they've taken on some some expenses uh, because of a number of um, new stores and remodels. Uh, I think this bodes well for their future. Uh, but their their prepared food comps were off by about one percent. No, sorry, not the comps, the uh, the margins. Uh, they're getting nearly sixty three percent gross margins. Uh, so that's awfully good. And when that that's their best, you know, in gas, they get about they get about nineteen cents for a gallon. So you know they're getting less than less than ten percent margin, and that's that's pretty consistent with. Convenience store uh, margins for gas. Uh, what you're hoping is you, you know, that's that's the thing that brings people to their location, and then they make the sales inside the store. They weren't doing that as much over the quarter, uh, you know. And now, now you got Wawa coming. So hold that thought because we we will get to Wawa. Uh, but first, I want to say thanks again to our friends at Rocket Mortgage. Uh, if you're getting a mortgage, if you're refinancing your existing home loan, you know it is not easy. And when you're making a big financial decision like that, you want to be as confident as Bill Barker is when he walks into a Wawa, because that's that's basically a second home to him. And Rocket Mortgage gives you that same level of confidence when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage is simple. It allows you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Before we get to Wawa, you, you mentioned Casey's General Stores getting promotional, and it, it sparked this thought that I wanted to get your two cents on. It seems like we are in pretty good shape, and by we, I mean the retail industry, the way the majority of numbers are going for a variety of retailers this holiday season. It looks like we're in for a good retail season. And yet, I cannot help but notice the television ads from, in particular, Macy's and Kohl's, which I think, I don't know who does their ads, but they, they do a good job. They're, they're, they're informative, they're fun, uh, but they're not cheap. And so, I'm wondering if one of the things investors should be looking at in January is not just how did retailers do in the holiday season, but is this one of those times when you want to dig a little deeper as an investor and look at, oh, and by the way, what was your marketing spend? What was your promotional spend? Because again, Coles and Macy's, they may be playing it right. These are good ads. Um, but if it doesn't translate into sales, then I think they're in even more trouble. Uh, I think that uh, there are plenty of retailers that are going to be exposed by the end of the holiday season uh, as having a, a limited future uh, as online shopping becomes more and more important. You've got the the ones that are succeeding are getting more and more of their business from online, and I don't know if that's the case with. With Macy's, um, but you know, if they've got a, a reasonable website, one of the things that they will get from uh, you know increased commercials is people just sitting at home and then oh, go, going to Macy's.com, you know, right away. 
I, I imagine that's their hope. Um, it's certainly the case that uh, Nordstrom's, plenty of the places that are relatively succeeding, have done so by becoming uh, more attached to a greater proportion of their sales online. I don't think, you know, those that don't have the money to advertise are going to see the best holiday season. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Tomorrow, December fourteenth, the first Wawa in Washington D.C. will open its doors. Are you speaking at the ribbon cutting, or like as a dignitary from uh, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania? I'm assuming you're on the stage. I just didn't know if you had a speaking part. I imagine it's going to impact the, those uh, first day, you know, Star Wars ticket sales tomorrow night. You the, think the Wawa is opening here locally? I don't know how far people will be traveling because they should they shouldn't have to travel far to get to a Wawa. Right, that's true. Um, I actually uh, uh, on the Market Foolery Twitter feed, which you can follow us on Twitter if you're on Twitter at Market is the show's handle. I I actually tweeted at Wawa just right before the show, saying, "Is the new location in DC going, going to have seating?" Because have they gotten back to you? They haven't gotten back to me they're, yet. But they're pretty good at uh, getting back to people. They've got a big Twitter presence, as you know. Uh, yes, you pointed that out to me. That's how I know that. I don't follow them on on Twitter like you do, but when typically do Wawa's have seating? I've only been to a couple in my life, and I didn't really notice any seating because obviously where I'm going with this is we're not going to road trip 400 miles to to do a show at uh, Casey's General Store. But a new Wawa in downtown DC, if they've if they've got seating, maybe we uh, maybe we pack up Dan Boyd and we <laughs> some equipment. And we go tape a show. You're willing to do a podcast there? Absolutely. Well, I, you know, for the first several months, it's going to be too crowded. You think so? There's there's going to be no space. <laughs> we won't be uh, like this is this is the first Wawa in DC we're talking about. So some people don't aren't you know, aware you know, of just how important Wawa is and how beloved it is in the Phil- the greater Philadelphia area and the greater Philadelphia area has now expanded to DC Philadelphia is beginning to take over the east coast one feels with with Wawa uh, finally arriving you know there are some business leaders and business evangelists who believe that the proper tone to strike in any situation is to uh, underpromise and overdeliver, and it sounds like you're looking at that and saying, "No, let's flip it around. Let's let's talk about how huge this is going to be." Lines out the door for months to come at the DC Wawa. I think to say that Wawa is it, Wawa is the best convenience store is underpromising because it might be the best store period anywhere. Wow. Really? So if you just limit it to convenience store, you're really you're really limiting uh, the praise that you're you're making, aren't you? What do, what do you have in Maine? You, we've gone over this. There's nothing. I mean, what do we have in Maine for stores? Yeah, a great convenience store. Oh, in the convenience store category? Yeah, it's Boy, like Seven Eleven. I don't I don't know that we have anything that is native to the state. I don't think. But it, but but to your last point, it sounds like you think there's a decent chance that. Jeff Bezos lies awake at night and asks himself, how can we make Amazon more like Wawa? We're good. We've had pretty good success to this point over the last 20 years. But what's going to get us to the next level on the retail side of the business? Forget Amazon Web Services. What can we do to be more like Wawa? Well, joking aside, I think that uh, what I was thinking of in terms of you know Casey's and their numbers, and so the convenience stores are not really as impacted 
by Amazon as so many other stores and and the mall based stores that we were talking about a, a moment ago and Macy's and what's happened to them. You're going there. This store that uh, is opening tomorrow is not going to be gas. Uh, it's it's downtown DC, uh, but a, a lot of Wawa uh, locations have gas. Casey's, of course. Uh, and if you're selling, you know, pizza and the, the convenience things that you pick up at the last minute while you're getting gas, these are not the businesses that are threatened in the same way by Amazon. So uh, I think they, thankfully, don't have to lie awake at night thinking, how are we going to survive the next five to ten years? Which I think the Macy's, uh, you know, executives are probably thinking about 24 hours, you know, how are we going, what are we going to look like in 10 years if we don't succeed online? How many people are going to be going to malls? Uh, It's possible that an autonomous vehicle, electric vehicle model would impact that portion of Wawa, which is is selling gas, still a ways away, Uh, but I think there will be effects for, from that within 10 years. Uh, well, and one more point to add to that, which is something that every retailer uh, cares about, and that's throughput. And my own limited experience at Wawa has been that uh, they, they do a very good job of throughput, of just sort of getting people in and out, uh, getting them what they want, and uh, getting them out the door. By very good, you mean great. <laughs> Again. I'm just translating. It's 3 a.m. Bezos can't sleep, tossing and turning, and finally, it's so bad that he gets out of bed and he's just pacing in his living room, thinking, "How can we be more like Wawa?" What he's thinking is, "Why aren't there any Wawa locations out here on the West Coast?" That's what's keeping him up at night. How can we attract them to come out here? Well, he does spend a little bit of time in Washington D.C. Well, so probably a little bit more now. Yeah, now that there's Wawa. Bill Barker from Motley Fool Asset Management. If you want to read more from Bill and his colleagues, you can go to foolfunds.com. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Austin Morgan. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. All the lights are coming on.